0: hand over to you. Amen. Wow, well, praise the Lord. It's brilliant to be here. And uh, I feel as if God's really going to speak to us this morning. And God has already spoke to us this morning. And God has already touched lives this morning. And I'm trying to be even more careful what I say today than what I said the last time I spoke a few weeks ago, and I, I shared a bit of my testimony and After I had spoke, I phoned up my sister Jean in Northern Ireland, and my sister jean i 've got seven sisters and three brothers, and my sister Jean came to know Jesus just a few years ago i haven 't had a life of brokenness and hurt and pain, and, and then she became a Christian. And shortly after she became a Christian, her son was killed in a car crash, and, and she went through the pain of bereavement. And you know, the last time I was here, I shared my testimony of how I had gone through the, bro- the brokenness of my marriage breakdown. And Jean actually, when I went through that time of pain about two years ago, my sister Jean sent me a set of CDs, and they were from a ministry in Northern Ireland, and the ministry was geared towards those who are bereaved. And also, those who have gone through a divorce. And the two things are quite closer than what you realize. And uh, so, the last time I was talking to my sister Jean, she was the only one in my family that I told that I had been speaking in this church. And I, I actually said to her, Jean, it might help you to listen to the message on your website. And so I said, I don't, I don't want anybody else in my family really to listen to it, but you listen to it, Jean. And so she got onto this church's website. And I didn't realise that I phoned my mummy a couple of weeks later, and my mummy said, Oh, Sammy, you were brilliant. <laughs> and she said, Or oh, Jean has copied I had numerous CDs off that website and she's <laughs> and she's handing them out to everybody. So I say that to encourage you in some ways that this your ministry and this fellowship is not just a blessing to those who are here on a Sunday, that actually others actually listen to those things on the website, and the Lord's giving a word for you today, and we're going to read from Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and perhaps in some ways it follows on from my last message. Uh, Some of you will realize that the last time we were here, we were also emphasizing again that I believe that God wants this place to be an oasis, and I still have in my spirit that this church is to have a healing pool and to have waters of refreshing. People will come here and people, it was funny last time wasn't it the baptismal tank was bubbling away behind me when I preached. God still wants many people to be baptized in this church and he wants people to be refreshed and it was lovely to have that time of refreshing even uh, just before I was speaking where people were being prayed for so let's be open to what God has to say. Amen. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the Holy One and Righteous One and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know has been made strong. It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that in that his Christ would suffer. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Amen. 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 And as you see in chapter 4, verse 4, But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. Amen. Would you like to stand? If you're able to stand, let's just stand and ask God to speak to us. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Just open your heart up to God this morning. God, would you speak to us? Maybe use an individual to say, God, would you speak to me this morning? Amen. We need God to speak to us, don't we? Life's hard sometimes, isn't it? Amen. And we need, when we come to church, we need to get as much out of church as we can. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit to come. And already we've had a word, a prophecy that there's people here who are struggling. And just to reach out to God and he's going to speak to you. He's going to set you free. And I say amen to that this morning. I believe that my message this morning is about getting people back on your feet. The Lord wants you on your feet. He wants you on your feet. The Lord this morning wants you to come from somewhere. And he wants you to take you somewhere else. It's time for you to stop uh, hurting. It's time for you to start getting your life back together. It's start, time for you to start enjoying your life again. It's time for you to be set free, to stop being in that time of pain and distress or even apathy. It's time for you to stop being apathetic and get ready to move forward into all that God has got for you. We got a great, big, wonderful God. How great thou art. And now, church, we need to have a time of uh, expression. We need to be able to come into our inheritance as the people of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats, please. Peter was walking to the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon. And it's funny because I put down in my notes here this morning, if you are able to walk in the front door of the church this morning without pain, you should say, thank God. Something as simple as walking naturally in through the front door of the church, you say, thank God for two good legs that work. Can anybody say amen? Let's start with the little things. Little things are important. There's some things that you take for granted. And I'm telling you, there's young men coming back from Afghanistan and they're coming off with a leg that has been blown off and they would give anything to have two legs. I work in Teen Challenge. I work with young men every day of the week who are hooked on addiction, who are broken and messed up. And I I'm, and I teach a subject in Teen Challenge that is attitude. What is your attitude like? And I put on the screen as I teach. I put up a PowerPoint of, of a, a young girl. She's about 12 years of age, and her ambition was to get to the London Olympics. And and this is about four years ago. And the picture I put on the screen was she had no. She she had only got her waist. She had no legs and. And her mother, in a poor country, had made her a, a basketball, had chopped a basketball in half. And this little 12-year-old bounced around everywhere, inside half of a basketball. And I showed the boys that because sometimes whenever you've had a difficult time, you can feel sorry for yourself. And we need to have a good attitude. And we, as Christians, need to thank God for the little things that are so precious. Yeah. Have you ever? Has anybody ever said about you, oh, they're able to sit up by themselves today? Has anybody ever said that about you? Good news, they are able to sit up by themselves today. Have you ever heard those words? Hmm? You know when somebody comes home from hospital, they are been to visit somebody that you care about? Good news, they're able to sit up by themselves today. Isn't it? Yeah. Simple. Thank God you were able to sit up this morning. Yeah. And, and this is my first point. If you're able to walk through the door, naturally, thank God, I got out of the center early today. I went up the road up here in Nong Eaton. I just pulled my car up and I was still doing my sermon. <laughs> still listening to God. And uh, and I, I sat there and there was a newspaper shop right in front of me. And I seen one man, he drove up in the car. He got out of the car and he's going around the car like this here, using the car. And then he struggles into the front door. As I sat there, another man walked past my car like this here. Then when I came into church this morning... Uh, your your treasurer said that wee woman sitting up at the front with the crutches she's convening the service (laughs) and that was my first point if you're able to walk in naturally and I come up and I talk to my sister I said what's wrong with you she said oh I've had a, a a knee replacement thank God for the little things you're able to walk in here naturally thank God for his blessings that are new every morning amen Peter was able to walk And Peter was walking, not only was he able to walk, but he wasn't exactly skipping and jumping, but he was walking with a step, a spring in his step. Because if you turn back one page in your Bible, you're in Acts chapter 2, and Peter was going there uh, as the Lord Jesus Christ directed him, and Peter was there in Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem, waiting for something to happen. And all of a sudden, suddenly something happened. And there was a violent wind came from heaven, and the Holy Spirit came down and Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was immersed, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was totally convinced of the reality of God. He was saturated in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is a wonderful thing to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that your young people aren't going to the youth meeting this morning. Because I tell you, any young person still in this meeting, God wants to you, fill you with the Holy Spirit. It's not just when you go to the youth camp and you get all excited about Jesus. But he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You mean that I work with young men. There's a young man, young men come into Teen Challenge, 18 years of age. And my job is to look after them when they first come into the building. I wish I could actually go into schools and show them the things that I have seen in the year and a half that I've been in Teen Challenge. We're working with young fellows who have had every tooth in their head pulled out of their mouth. No teeth They're coming in and their gums are are bleeding because of of drug addiction. No teeth at 19, 20 years of age. And the abscesses on their body uh, 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 and the mental health issues and all of these things. Drugs are not a nice thing, but God is. You can be filled with God. You can enjoy God. You can can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, immersed in the reality of an experience with Jesus, and our young people need something that is real. Amen. They need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And Peter knew what it was to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I grew up in church myself, and I remember seeking for God to fill me. And God showed me when I was about 15 years of age that my friends were getting drunk and I thought if you push drink to its limit it'll destroy you I used to come out of church to my drunk friend my drunk friend would be walking down the street saying Sammy you're missing out in life and they'd go bleh bleh and I'm standing there I'm standing there shining with the glory of God in my life and he's telling me that I'm being conned out of life Go, bleh bleh you, you tell me who's being conned out of life you push alcohol to its limit it'll destroy you you push drug to its limit it'll destroy you if you, t- if you live an immoral life, it'll break you up. It'll hurt you. And I, I realized that, and I said, God, there's nothing in this world for me, but I need to have all that you've got for me. We do not just want religion. We want a relationship with Jesus. We need to experience the fullness of what the Bible talks about. Peter got something, and he experienced God. And he, 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 up until that point, he had been quite... Uh, uh, shy, and, and, but whenever he got filled with God, he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden he found himself making his way out into the streets of Jerusalem, and there's a massive crowd of thousands of people, and Peter stands in front of thousands of people, and not only was he speaking in tongues, he, he was speaking in a language that he had never learned before, and then he starts to, uh, he begins to preach to this crowd of people in the power of the Holy Ghost, and he made an appeal, and uh, 3,000 people get saved, 3,000 people became Christians. Because of the presence of God that he was carrying in your life. Young person, you can carry the presence of God in your life. You don't need to be filled with drugs and alcohol. You don't need to go out and live an immoral life. Give your life to Jesus. And ask God, God, give me all that you've got for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Phil, Peter had get filled with the Holy Spirit. And Peter was walking uh, within, I don't know if it was the next day or not. But Peter was walking and he was going to the place of prayer. He was going to a place where he was going to encounter God. It's wonderful. If you can walk in here in the natural, say, praise the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Say, thank you, God, that I've got two good legs. Now, the second thing is, if you can walk in here with a spring in your step because God is in your life, and you're having those mountaintop experiences, and you're sitting here at peace, if you get peace of mind, if you get joy in your heart, if you get confidence you also say, thank you, God. Because that is not always the case. Amen. When I look at my Bible, I just turn back one, two, three. You go back four pages, four or five pages, you come across Peter's denial. Peter is denying uh, the Lord. Just five pages back Five pages back, we have a man there. And the Bible says that he, for the third time, he swore, I swear, I don't know who Jesus is. Five pages back. It, when we read this passage in Acts chapter 3, he's walking. He's got a springless step. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He preached a message. 3,000 people have been saved. He was full of the Holy Spirit. But five, four or five pages back, Peter was there denying his Lord. And the Bible says the cock crows and whenever the cock crowed, that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Has anybody here ever wept bitterly? Do you know what it is to have a deep cry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you mean I can just turn back a few pages? And the last time I shared my test, part of my testimony, I can turn my pages back about a year and a half, two years ago, When that that day that, that that I left my home, I left my four kids I left my wife. It was about our 20th anniversary. I was a pastor of the church, and, and because of the breakdown of my marriage, I also, I, I, I left my job, and so I, at that point, I had no work, no employment, no wife, no kids. I had nothing, and I remember going up, and we were planting a church up in the house of state, and I was lying in this bungalow, and I remember getting into that bungalow at this time, and I lay face down on the floor, and my whole, everything inside my chest was b- bursting in agony and pain, lying face down on the floor. And I just said, Jesus, be my pain relief. Jesus, be my pain relief. This isn't the way it is supposed to happen. Things were going well, the church was going well. Uh, you mean, th- uh, my kids were growing up well, and we had a lovely family unit. And all of a sudden, it was just, everything was just smashed. I knew what it was to have panic attacks. I couldn't breathe. I was just, <sighs> do you mean? And, and I went through this time of deep, deep, deep pain. And I just cried out to God, God, be my pain relief. Has anybody ever been in a place where you couldn't breathe? Where, where you were so, so much emotional pain. When you were hurting deeply inside and you just thought, oh, this can't be true. And as the days went by, I remember going back home to to visit my children. And I'd be there for about a day or two. And then my kids would look at me and say, Daddy, when are you going home? When are you going home? It's horrible when your kids look at you in the face and say, when are you going home? And I told you my testimony that, and I'm only sharing these things because I want to get to every heart in this building this morning. Oh, that the people of Long Eaton would come into this building and hear that there is hope for no matter how broken you are. This is my motivation for sharing this stuff this morning. There is hope for every individual, no matter how broken they are. And I remember at my lowest point, I, I, I remember just looking at my forearms, and I thought, "No way, God!" An Elam pastor, grew up in the Elam Church from a baby all the way through, pastored Elam churches for over twenty years, and now here I am. How did it come to this? An Elam pastor, looking at my two forearms and the pain. And for the first time in my life, I had a glimpse into why young people self harm. And I felt pain inside my forearms, and I thought, God, I need to get that pain out. It's hurting me. And God only allowed me to have that five minutes, and He took it from me. But I thank God that He let me see it. Thank God He let me see it. Because God brought me through my pain. (laughs) He's a great Savior, He knows what it is to be betrayed. By people that's close to him. He knows what it is for Peter, one of his closest friends, to deny that he actually knew him. No matter what pain you're going through this morning, the Lord wants to get you back on your feet. Yeah. I am evidence this morning, standing in front of you, preaching in this fellowship, because your pastor was at Bible college with me, and Helen was at Bible college with me, and Michael Williams was at Bible college with me. And, and they said, Sammy, we still believe in you. We still believe in you, Sammy. And they allowed me the privilege of preaching, not just once, but they fasted me back again. (laughs) And it's lovely when somebody says, this pastor, Sammy, because I thought, that's it, I'll never be a pastor again. Because I was so low, I was hurting. What a wonderful saviour we've got. See, unless you've gone through the pain of divorce, you haven't got a clue. (laughs) And I never ever, it was never meant to happen to me. I used to stand behind the pulpit and say, isn't today's society awful, that children are running between parents? now it's happened to me. See, Peter was in that place of brokenness. See, Jesus, when Jesus met Peter, he called him. He said, Peter, come follow me. I'll make you a, not a fisherman. You're a fisherman already. I'll make you a fisher of men. And Jesus taught him and trained him. He brought him into his confidence and he let him follow him year after year, for three years, day after day, for three years. And Peter was one of the, the inner circle of three. And, he, and Jesus let him see all these things and he, trained him, and he made him a disciple he said I'm going to train you to be a, a, a fisher of men do you know what I believe I believe that Peter's graduation service was whenever he wept bitterly right, right. was Jesus a lousy teacher Jesus proclaimed it you follow me and I will train you up to become a fisher of men I will train you up to become a church planter come and follow me Jesus did all this training after three years and Peter turns around and said, I swear I don't know who Jesus is. Did Jesus fail? Did Jesus fail? He spent three years training him. If that was us today, we might lose our job because Jesus might have lost his job. Well, you have trained this guy for three years and after three years of training, he actually denies it. He knows you. How good's that? I believe or graduation as Christians who are going to be spirit-filled and use mightily be God sometimes is when we come to a place of brokenness, when you come to the end of yourself completely and you totally rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody say amen to that? When you come to the end of yourself, say, God, and Peter wept bitterly. How did Peter get back on his feet? Peter get back on his feet. You don't have to go back four or five pages. You start in Acts chapter three, you go back, two or three pages so between his denial five pages back and acts chapter three in the middle there's about two or three pages back where the, the i think it's the last chapter of john where jesus reinstates peter and he restores him and and he he, he refreshes him and brings him back to that place of confidence Beautiful. does this tie up with the word that you brought this morning <laughs> I mean the word this morning was it's a time it's time for people to stop going around in circles. It's time for you to stop being in that place of feeling you're not worthy. It's time for you to step out and to really give your life over to God. He wants to get you back on your feet. Yeah. You're not doing any, you, don't, you do not bring any glory to God staying in that place of brokenness, self-pity, regret, failure. The Lord wants to bring you right from that into a place where you say, Lord, because it was Jesus, Peter met the resurrected Lord when he got back on his feet. Amen. You need to meet the resurrected Lord again this morning. What a wonderful Savior we have. Then Peter, so whenever we see Peter, he's walking. Acts chapter 3, he's walking, thank God, for two natural legs. He had a spring on his step. He was spiritually strong. He was spiritually confident because he had baptized in the Holy Spirit and he had been used to preach to a multitude of people. He was spiritually... Not only was he walking well in the natural, he was walking well in the spiritual. He was spiritually strong. A spiritually strong man with two good legs walks past and he then sees this man who is a blind... or Sorry, a lame beggar. And this man is 40 plus years old and Peter... He shouts at Peter and asks him for alms. And Peter looked at him. Peter, Peter looked at him. And then Peter said to him, look at us. Peter looked at him. And he said, look at us. There's this gaze. I, I, I like this gaze. Peter, the spirit-filled man, looks at somebody who is crippled and is lame from birth. And he's, he's looking at him and he's saying, you look at me. Forget everybody else. Forget everybody else. There's a fixed gaze here, a fixed gaze between somebody who is crippled and somebody who is spirit filled. Church, we need to have that spirit, we need to have that fixed gaze. First of all, we need to have a fixed gaze on Jesus, and then we need to look at those who are in need in this world of ours, and we need to fix a gaze upon them. Since I preached in this church a few weeks ago, there's a young man came into Teen Challenge and I was talking to him uh, and He comes from a broken background, a broken homes. And he said, I lived in a a youth hostel, Sammy. I said, where was your youth hostel? He said, it was in Long Eden. Because the last time I preached here, on the Saturday night, I came and I walked around the streets saying, God, how do we take this gospel outside the church doors and reach people for Jesus? And whenever this young man told me, actually, I lived at a, a hostel nearby Asda, Near, I don't know where Asda it is it's that way or that way, <laughs> that way. <laughs> sorry for moving your Asda <clears throat> and he said I lived in a hostel there the truth is that there are hurting people within this community and they need Jesus they need Jesus they, they could be cripples. first of all I want to ask who's here this morning who's in church this morning is there somebody and you're still in a place where Peter was A place where I was emotionally crippled, emotionally hurting, emotionally broken, emotionally sad. The Lord wants to get you back on your feet. The Lord is our strength. Amen. The Lord is my rock, my shield, my strength, my deliverer, my shepherd. He is everything that I need. When you focus upon him, he can can bring you back to that place of feeling fulfilled. I was well aware that the most important thing for my children is that they had let me try and explain this to you. I could have stayed nearby my kids rather than, originally I moved five hours away to go to Teen Challenge before it moved up. Then Teen Challenge moved up to here and now I'm still two hours away from my kids. But I could have stayed in the same town as my children and worked in ASDA, but I would have given away my call. The most important thing for my children is that they see their daddy as somebody who has got peace, confidence, confidence who's got that sense of being fulfilled. I thank God that my, my oldest son is going to Regents Elam Bible College this September. I thank God for what he's done on my, he's held on to my four kids. Amen, he has. But it was important for me to keep that confidence in God. Do you understand me? They, they, I could have been nearby them, I could have lived in the same street, I could have picked them up every, I've seen them every day. But if I was just picking shelves, so, sorry for those who do pick shelves, but I'm not trying to, Demean that, but God's calling for me was to be a pastor or to work with teen challenge guys. Do you mean? So that's really important. And some of you who have lost something and you've gone through brokenness, the Lord doesn't just want to put you back in your feet, He wants to put you in your so much back in your feet that your kids can see that you've got your confidence back. Because when you go through the pain of separation, divorce, or whatever else you go through, you can lose so much. And as since for the last two years, I've sat back and I haven't done a lot of preaching. And I've sat in the congregation in different churches. And as I've looked around me, there are people uh, who are crippled. There are people, people who are elderly can be emotionally crippled as well. The old age can be the worst time of your life. Remember a, a wee couple in my church in Sheffield when I was pastoring in Sheffield. The wee man came up and a wee, wee wee man Len and his wee wife Alice, and they got a, he got the card from the Queen. They've been. They'd been married 60 years. And Len came, and they had a, a, a celebration in the, the nursing home. And I went to the nursing home, and they had a great wee party. But the wee man came up afterwards, and Len came up and said, Pastor, tell me this. Why is this the worst year of my life? Everybody else had a party with him. But he came to his pastor and said, Why has this been the hardest year of my life? Because he came to a place, this woman that he had loved, the only wife, partner he'd ever had, she got seen dementia. She started leaving the gas rings on. And they had to make a cruel decision to let her go into a nursing home. Then he thought, I can't live without her. So he ended up in the nursing home with her. Do you understand? The congregation's full of people who are hurting inside. And young people, there's people around you with gray hair and sometimes they're lonely. Sometimes they're sad. Sometimes it would make their day for you just to smile. Sometimes it would be nice if just a couple of young ladies actually knocked the door and said, can we come in and have a wee cup of tea with you? Maybe after church this morning, go away and think about it. it might be good for some young people to actually go and to say, look, do you mind if the two of us come and have a wee cup of tea with you sometime? That's what it is to walk in the Spirit, young people. Youth, the youth isn't just about going to, going to the, the youth camps and getting filled with the Holy Spirit and getting refreshed. Being Spirit-led young people also means that you actually look around and see. I would actually help these wonderful ladies in the church if we actually spent some time with them. Can somebody say amen to that? And so even if you're in, in your old age, and sometimes... Every so often, you feel lonely. Every so often, a bit of fear hits you. Every so often, you feel vulnerable. Even, and people expect you to be so, you fu- know mean? My lovely sister, she smiles at me. She encourages, sorry, what's your name again? Margaret. Margaret's lovely, isn't she? It's great. You see, whenever you've gone through a time of brokenness and somebody remembers your name, it makes you feel good. And Margaret remembers my name. She says, you hey, Sammy, it's nice to see you. And that's before I preach. Sometimes Margaret will have maybe one hour of loneliness. Yes, (laughs) yes. What God wants is to bring us through through those times of sadness, loneliness, fear. And he wants us all to have that feeling of peace, fulfillment. You can ask Margaret and she will tell you how to get it. Margaret knows. Margaret knows the secret. Whenever she feels lonely, she just says, God, I'm feeling a bit lonely. Could you pick me up again? Could you pick me up again? Could you cheer me up again? We've got a great God, haven't we? I need to try and round this off. Are you getting something out of this message this morning? Peter said to him, Silver and gold have I known, but such as I have, give I unto you. See, there was a group. This man got back on his feet. Immediately he was healed, and he was on his feet. Then Peter addressed the crowd, and there was a whole crowd of people, a whole crowd of people who had, a, had that dried up religion. They were spiritually crippled. Thousands spiritually crippled people. There's thousands of people all over this country who are spiritually crippled, and they need to get the freshness of the gospel. I'm actually getting used to this area now. I've never been to the Midlands before, like, and I live here now, so I get in my car. I drive up into uh, Wimberpool. Has anybody ever been to Wimberpool Wimberpool and the church there and I got up and I tried the door and I thought my goodness they've left it open and it goes into this church and then you go from village to village to all these beautiful churches and I love old churches and again and I sit and I pray and I love old buildings I love architecture but every little village around here has got these churches but we need spirit filled congregations we need revival we need a move of God what about you people here Are you Pentecostal? Are you Pentecostal? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Do you know what it is for God's joy and peace and word to live inside you? Do you have a spring in your step? Are you ready to bring people to this living water, to this healing pool? God wants you to come, get healed, and get ready to do a great work for him. See, I was in the, I'm going to finish with this. I could preach all day. But I was in, uh, my first job was in Bradford 20 odd years ago. And in Bradford, one night, I had this vision. I see myself standing there with a white coat on, white doctor's coat. And the senior pastor, both of us standing in the church building with white coats on. And we both had a syringe with a, the cure of cancer. And we were there with a cure of cancer. And I, I looked across the building, there was nobody in the church building. Then God wound it up, and all around the outside of the building, there was people dying, dying of cancer. But yet we were inside with a cure, and nobody was getting healed. And God showed me that he wanted me to be a doctor to see people getting healed of spiritual cancer. Then years went by, Sheffield went by, and then it was a Merthyr Tidful for eight years. I was just about to leave Dallas and Merthyr Tidfall and go back to Bradford as a senior pastor. And the week before I left, I stood in front of the congregation, and I, I told them in South Wales, that God gave me a vision that I was a doctor with a white coat on, and I told him what I've just told you that I had a cure, and God wanted me to bring healing to people. A week later, I started again as a senior pastor in Bradford Church, and this man came up after the service, and he said, and he couldn't speak, he was Romanian, and he couldn't speak English, but he had a niece who spoke English. And the niece says, Sammy, he wants to talk to you. I said, go ahead then, what does he want to say? And through the interpreter, he told me, I see you standing with a white doctor's coat on. My first Sunday back in Bradford. But then God took that vision on. And I, I, I shared it with the guys in Team Challenge. 25 addicts this week. As I was talking to them. I said, it's not enough for us to heal people in church. But it, we have to then put white coats on to those that we heal. And they need to go into next door. And they need to be trained up as doctors. It's like Queen's Medical. It's a, Queen's, it's a university hospital. Uh, Queen's Medical is a university hospital, and that is to do with training people up. Church, we are only beginning to work properly. When you come in and you get healed, then you get your confidence. Then you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Then you walk with the spring in your step, and then God heals you. Then you walk out, and you bring that healing to the hurting people of long-eaten and wherever God tells you to go. Are you ready for it? Let's stand together, shall we, please? What a mighty God we serve. the body Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I've waited for God for this message. I've never preached this message before. This is for Long Eaton Church here this morning. Who needs this message? Who, number one, who's been hurting? (laughs) Who's broken? Who's broken? Who, Who needs to get back onto their feet? God wants to get you back on your feet. You have been robbed of your peace. You have been robbed of your joy. You have gone through a time of sadness. Maybe you've gone through a time of pain. But God wants you to start getting your confidence back, regaining your ministry. And God wants to use your broken pieces to be able to minister to the people, people around you. He wants to put a white coat on you. Is there somebody here this morning and you can, that you can say, yes, somebody, that's me. I want to. I believe God's telling me, now is the time for me to stop hurting. Now it's the time for me to get, he wants to give me my confidence back. He wants to give me a ministry. He wants to put a white coat on my shoulders. He wants to be my God. He wants to be my strength. Is it possible that you could come and I could pray for you? Is it possible you could start to walk to the front of the church? It's a, it's a big appeal, that, isn't it? And, but if you can, I just want people to keep your eyes closed. And I'm just the reason why I'm saying walk to the front of the church is because as you put one foot in front of the other, that you're actually taking steps of faith and saying, it's time for me to step into what God's got for me again. In the past, something has robbed me. Something has robbed me. Something has robbed me of my calling, my gifting, my ministry. It's time to move on. It's time to move into what God's got for you. Don't let the devil rob you. He bought the, he's, he's paid the price for you. He was broken. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised. Bruised for our iniquities. Do you know what a bruise is? A bruise is not a surface thing. A bruise is not a scratch. A bruise means that you've been hurt deep inside. You've been hurt deep inside, and eventually after a day or two, then it begins to bruise because it's inside pain that comes to the surface. Bruised. Praise you, Jesus. Could uh, somebody just come and help us pray? Can we have a, a female help us pray? Mada se coda body and daughter body and see the body and other body and dada body and Church, would you just begin to pray as well? Pray. Pray. Lana manada sido body and other body and uh praise you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lada manada sido di and dada bodada sida body and doda body and